Hello, everyone. Welcome to Let's Go Up, podcast edition. Yeah, where we explore the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. We are your hosts. That is Caritas. Oh, hello. <laughs> this is Dean. What's his name again? <laughs> By this time, we okay, should know what up. each other's name is. That's good. We're getting there. <laughs> it's like when you're in a group of people and you forget someone's name and you're really hoping they introduce themselves. First, yeah. Actually, people have a very easy time remembering my name. Believe it's it or unique. Not. Yeah, but it's other names. That sound or remind you of other names. For me, it's Sophia and Paige. I don't know what it is, but I always mix those two up. They just seem in my brain like the same name. They're not the same at all. They don't even start <laughs> with the same in letter. In my brain, they just, I don't know why. One's two syllables, one's one syllable. It's like if I had twins, they'd be a Sophia and a Paige because it's okay. like the twin names. But everyone has their version of that. Right. Where they, yeah, they have that name that, do you have one where you have to try mm. to, I think everyone does. No, you just don't know really. it yet. You'll encounter it. You'll call someone. I'll find it. You'll call a Phil a John because Phil and John, everyone has theirs. Right. Okay. Anyways, back on topic. Pod show. We do have a topic today. We're going to talk about identity. Yes. You know, and we really felt like it rolled well from last week's right. In Christ. In Christ. Just makes sense. It makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. So glad you could join us today. Mm-hmm. We are super excited about our website, which is letsgoup.us. Yes. There's nothing new on it this week. <laughs> it's like, we're super excited about what? <laughs> we're excited about it because it's it the is internet. The, it's the place where you can find all things Let's Go Up in one place. Never lose your excitement for this incredible invention called the internet. I don't understand it. Like, if I had to go back in time and explain to people how much information we have just by typing in, like, where are all the YouTube videos? Where are they in the stratosphere? How does this work? <laughs> Where did they go? Jupiter. Greatest, we're heading into back to school mode here. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wondering about your daughter. Is she excited? Is she buying new clothes? Um, okay, well, we went and got some school supplies, and school supplies are not what they used to be. Like, there's actually some really cool, nifty school supply options. Like, okay. a pencil case was just a pencil case. Used Maybe to be. you got like a hard one with a cartoon character on the top, but now they have like poppet cases those little oh. poppet things and sparkles that move it's just i was very like impressed wow okay this is either going to be very distracting mm. <laughs> for these kids or exciting yeah but yeah do you have any wonderful school memories from your childhood i do remember my first day of school oh really it was uh okay yeah my father was a school teacher so all my life i heard school 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 mm-hmm. i was so overexcited to go to school <laughs> by the time I was three and a half or four years old. You were ready. I could hardly wait. I was ready. <laughs> I am pumped. So my mother tells me, okay, Dean, we're going to go to school. And I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. school, finally. Oh, yes, the climax of my life. Yeah. It's happening. She takes me to school. And we spent about two weeks at school every day doing crafts and coloring things and mm-hmm. having fun cutting things with construction paper yeah. and doing all sorts of really... kindergarten things, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Two weeks. I was like, wow, that was amazing. <laughs> I never knew school could be so much fun. The problem is, I thought I was done with school. <laughs> I thought I had done school. All right. Come yes. to realize the next fall in September, because this was in April... September when they took me to school. I was like, but I already went to school. I did this thing. I already did it. Been there, done that. Been there, done that. (laughs) I thought I had done school. And when I realized 
somebody had to explain to me, like in my little five-year-old mind, I have to go to school for how long? I remember clearly somebody saying to me, no, Dean, you have to go to school for 12 years. And in my little mind, I was like, but I'm only five years old. I haven't even, I have to go to school for longer than I've even lived. (laughs) More than double what you've lived. I was horrified. I was so upset that I cried for two months straight. Oh my goodness. I can't tell you how traumatizing it was. Your parents must have felt bad. Like, okay, we could have maybe like not given him the, you know. I didn't have the right information. They didn't need to tell you 12 years, just... Just, let's just do grade one. Let's I couldn't see. comprehend 12 years. Yeah. I thought, oh. I will never finish school. So that was my first day of school. Mm. Well, so now is this pineapple story that you told us months back about you falling down the stairs holding the pineapple, right. was this maybe an attempt of you to maybe get out of school? <laughs> is it all coming together now? <laughs> You're getting the full picture of my life <laughs> as a child. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I no. remember my first day of kindergarten too, but I... I remember seeing these kids crying, a couple kids crying and running oh. to their parents. And run. And I, I remember the confusion because I was excited to start kindergarten. I had a sibling older who had gone. And so, right. you know, you see them going every day and you can't go yet. So it's... Well, for me, it was the opposite because I was the oldest in my family and I'd never seen anybody. Yeah. Yeah. But I can understand how you could be excited. Yeah. Older siblings kind of need to start their own support group, I think. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> they had to go through all the, the trials. First. Like I would look at what my older sibling would do and if it worked or didn't work. And that I would kind of base whether it was worth it for me when I got there. <laughs> but yeah, confused at the little children crying. I didn't understand how anyone could be sad starting kindergarten or scared. I was mm. just flabbergasted, gasted by the flabber. Was this in Iceland or was this in Canada? This was in Canada, yeah. So you started school in Canada. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so anyways, school, yes. Your favorite school lunch memory. School lunch, oh my goodness. Favorite or worst? My dad sometimes would make lunches for us, and he doesn't think there's a difference between cabbage and lettuce, so we often had cabbage sandwiches, and we tried to explain... Cabbage sandwiches. ...that there's a difference between cabbage and lettuce just don't even have anything green if you're going to put cabbage, but no, we get the cabbage. So very hard, crunchy, cabbage sandwich. I can't even imagine what that would be like. <laughs> I can make you one next week. That's okay. I believe you somehow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my mom made me a ketchup sandwich once. It ketchup was an April sandwich. Fool's joke, but I didn't know that it was a joke. I just thought she made a really horrible lunch, but I didn't want to hurt her feelings, so I ate it. And my sister's like, why didn't you just throw it away? She wouldn't even know. I'm like, just didn't even think about throwing it away. My grandmother used to give us lettuce sandwiches. Okay, but not cabbage. Not cabbage, lettuce. Okay. Nothing else in it? No meat, no cheese? Bread, <laughs> butter, and lettuce. Okay, okay. I haven't tried that. I've done the bread, butter, and apple. Thin apple slices with butter. That's good. So but. my grandma existed on lettuce and vegetables. She lived to be 99 years old. My grandpa, on the other hand, (laughs) she fed him fried chicken. (laughs) I'm not even going to tell you when he died, (laughs) but it was pretty young. (laughs) No, just kidding. I'm not going to put that in. (laughs) That's so bad. Yeah. So lettuce, cabbage sandwiches can't Mm -hmm. be that bad. My grandma lived till 99. I feel like my dad and your grandma could learn some things from each other. I'm sure. Yeah. So Kretis... We're talking about identity today, mm-hmm. and I do not identify as a person who lives off cabbage sandwiches. <laughs> okay, that's good to know. Thanks for clearing that up. Mm. So this week, 
when we were thinking about prepping for our podcast, mm -hmm. when the word identity came into my heart as something that we should talk about, which is unusual because we've talked about identity so much. Mm. We've talked about it almost in every podcast show, somewhere or another. Yeah, yeah. It always comes up. Mm -hmm. It's one of the things that's a constant yeah. because it's so important. Mm. Who we are is such a huge thing in Christ. Mm. But I feel like all the time I've known you, one thing that you carry such a special grace for is identity. Mm. I'm excited to talk about this subject today because I really want to know if we can pull out some of those things, mm. like how it came about. Mm. How did you walk into it? Well, yeah, okay. So I was thinking about, yeah, where did this kind of all start? And it definitely was something that Holy Spirit brought me through. Like he was bringing my husband, Nathan, and me through very similar phases. So mm -hmm. I grew up, went to church for a bit as a kid, but then stopped, I don't know, maybe I was 10 or 12, then just did the Christmas Easter thing. And I just believed in God, but I didn't know him. I didn't know what was in here. Like I said before, people who would say, oh, you know, in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, I was like, wow, this guy knows his Bible. Totally you know? impressive. Wow, that was yeah. impressive, right? Yeah. My husband didn't believe in God. God was a tooth fairy to him, basically. He had this radical encounter with the Holy Spirit out of nowhere, just, you know, just amazing. Could go into that. It happened like overnight, or not overnight, but in one day. Yeah. A lot of people praying for him for yeah. a long time. No one like preaching at him. Right. I told him, you know, just keep an open heart. What does that mean? You don't have to believe in God. Just don't not believe in God. Right. That, that sounds crazy. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, just like blank, right? Like, yeah, just hold it blank. I was like, how often am I right? <laughs> a lot, yeah. So, like, statistically speaking, <laughs> I'm probably right with this one because <laughs> I'm so sure. Anyway, so we both were like baby Christians, and there was this period at the very beginning of our walk together with the Lord where we both felt to take a big step of obedience mm -hmm. that didn't make sense to a lot of people, didn't really make sense to us, but we both felt it, and we we're like, all right, you know, like we could just sit here and discuss it and go through it and pick it apart, or we could just. Do, do it. it. Okay. And so we just did it and got a lot of like, yeah, are you sure this is, you know, but we just were like, no, we both feel God saying this and we're just going to go do this. We came out of that. Both of us were like, well, that didn't happen. That seems like strange. Why did he mm -hmm. call us here? But we both remember when we were leaving, we both felt overwhelmed with this really powerful sense of thankfulness. It was so strong and bizarre, like out of nowhere just mm -hmm. overwhelming. And for months, every time we opened the Word, every time we talked to God, we were just flooded with thankfulness and gratitude. So we'd read something that didn't make sense to us, like, be holy mm -hmm. as He is holy. Be perfect, just like your Heavenly Father is perfect. Is that the right wording? Yes. And we would just, instead of like thinking about it, like, what does this mean? It was just, wow, thank you that this even says that, that this mm -hmm. is who we could be. And from that, the revelations of our identity really started pouring in from that season of intense thankfulness in everything. So yeah. it came out of thankfulness. came out of thankfulness and gratitude. That is so interesting. Yeah, thankfulness and, just, and gratitude. Mm -hmm. And so for a long time, we didn't understand a lot of these things that he tells us about who we are in him, but we were thankful for it. So at first, it was just kind of words and thankfulness for the promises. Yeah. And then once you began thanking him for the promises, they started to become part of you. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? And then we started to get more revelation and understanding on what it meant. Wow. Right? So interesting. Yeah. One scripture that stood out to me in part of this process was in Luke 8. He says, consider carefully how you hear. Pay careful attention 
to your hearts as you hear my teaching. For those who have open hearts, even more revelation will be given to them until it overflows. And for those who do not listen with open hearts, what little light they imagine they have will be taken away. So that open, teachable heart was such a big part of it. I don't understand this, but I believe you. To put it in a nutshell. I guess I never knew that part of your story. I like to keep some things mysterious, okay, Dean? (laughs) Of course, you like to keep some things mysterious. Any excuse to get you to push those sound effect buttons. (laughs) It's all good. But it makes sense because thankfulness attracts revelation into our lives. Mm, Yeah. The angelic is attracted. Like there are so many things that are attracted into our life. Mm -hmm. Thankfulness. So thankfulness and gratitude are huge. Mm -hmm. Such a an attraction in the spirit world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Just in the natural world, if you come across a person who is constantly thankful Mm. and has a heart of gratitude, you're attracted to that person. Mm -hmm. Same thing in the spirit world. Yeah. Especially when you've experienced a life so different, like so outside of the kingdom, and then you start experiencing him in personal ways, it's hard not to be overwhelmed with thankfulness in it. Mm. It reminds me of this man my husband's working with who's come from a hard Middle Eastern country. He said, living there was like hell. Mm. Living here is like heaven. Like he's so thankful and so full of gratitude because mm. it's like he's left darkness into light. And that's right. just in this physical realm. Yeah. Now you imagine that the whole other level, spiritual realm, the heavenly reality level, leaving the realities of the flesh and life outside of Christ mm-hmm. and stepping into the light of life. Yes. It's hard not to be thankful. <laughs> yeah. It just overflows. Yeah. So there's a lot of talk and a lot of language out there right now surrounding identity. You can't go very far without running into it, both in the Christian world and outside of it. Everybody's talking about identity. It seems to be a bit of a buzz phrase. I don't know, like after a while, you can almost get weary of it, of mm. some of the talk. Mm. But what keeps it fresh for you? One of the craziest things when you think about it, it's like, you know how he talks about the offense of the gospel? Yeah. (laughs) It's like, he says you're dead. Deny yourself, die to yourself. Your old man died. You've been born again. Mm -hmm. So we're not zombies. This is kind of how I see it. It's like zombies are like dead people walking around on the earth, but they should be dead. But it's like bizarre. (laughs) Just for our listeners and our watchers, this is somebody from Iceland talking here. Okay, I take no responsibility. You're identifying, you're creating an identity around a zombie. If you've died with him, you're dead. Is this a Viking thing? You're dead. You're not a zombie. You're dead. (laughs) (laughs) We are alive in Christ. This is what I'm trying to get at, okay? We've died to our old self, died to our old identity, everything that labeled us. What do we create identity around? Where we grew up, our nationality, our sex, our race, our job, Mm -hmm. our family, our kids, whatever it is. All sorts of things, right? But he says, you've died to your old self Mm -hmm. and you live in me. And so I find when your whole identity is in him, A, it never gets old because he's endless. (laughs) And it's hard to be touched. Right. It's hard to be touched by outside things. Yeah. It's hard. When like we were talking about last week when we're in him. Yeah. Can you be offended when you're in Christ? Yeah. If you've died, the person that would have been offended is meant to be dead. Mm -hmm. We're in him and he's unoffendable patience. He has endless patience. So we have endless patience, but I don't feel patient. But do you believe that you're in him? It's so overwhelming for our minds too to wrap around that it just doesn't get old Mm -hmm. (laughs) or tiring. And it's always more that 
he reveals to you every day, every month, every year. So I don't know if that was a clear answer to your question, but I think Jesus kind of answered confusingly sometimes too. So I'm just going to go with that. I'm in him. You're in him and you're just following his example. Sometimes he just... (laughs) (laughs) No, it was clear. It was completely clear. All right. So Cretus, let's contrast the identity that the world talks about. Because right now there are a lot of people out there, they're using that buzz phrase of identity. They're saying, you have to know who you are. You have to know where you belong. You have to understand what you are made to do. Follow your heart, Mm. pursue your dreams, pursue who you are. You be you. There's all kinds of phrases out there that are being used. All centered around self. Yes. They're being used in the world of communications, in the form that we're in, podcast world, all these buzz phrases. They're huge right now. Mm. You can listen all day to stuff with that kind of language in it. Mm -hmm. What's different with that than Mm -hmm. our identity in Christ? Oh, good question, Dean. I'd say a big, big difference you can roll on after this is, he says, deny yourself. And all of that is self. Because if one of those is taken away, I don't know, your family or your kids, something happens, is your identity affected? Wow. You want to take the ball on this one? (laughs) What's the difference between the way that the world is painting identity Mm -hmm. and the language that they're using to describe it and our identity in Christ? Hmm. I think when you listen to what's out there, like you said, a lot of it centers around you, 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 Hmm. you do you, Mm -hmm. follow your heart, what yeah. you were made to do, or find out what you're good at mm. and do that. You, 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 I, mm. I, I, it's very self-centered. So that seems to me to be the central point of how the world is describing identity. So if mm. we go there, what does that do to us? What does that make us into as a person? Are we still vulnerable? All questions I have, all questions for you. <laughs> for Jesus. <laughs> Yeah. For Cretus, who is in Jesus. Hmm. It's so important to understand that when we're born again, he says the same incorruptible seed that formed Jesus is the same incorruptible seed that formed us. So for those who might not understand what that language means, basically what he's talking about is when Jesus was conceived in Mary, Mm -hmm. it says the Holy Spirit overshadowed her and what was conceived in her was the holy child Jesus. Yeah. Somehow through some kind of a mysterion. There we go again. The father of heaven mm. provided the seed for Jesus. And so that seed was incorruptible. It came straight from heaven. It was pure 100% heavenly DNA. Yeah. So, we've been born again of the same seed, the same incorruptible DNA. Yes. Same father. So just as he's a son, we are sons and daughters of the father. And the position of a child under a loving father is very different than the position of a servant. So much of your identity as a son can't even be compared to, say, a a soldier or something or a student or whatever else. I'd say understanding like what born again really means, who you really are in the family, it's huge. I've always said that identity in the end, is a family deal. And Jesus was born of God. Mm. In fact, in the New Testament, we start finding family language. In the Old Testament, we didn't find that so much. It's mentioned a bit here and there. It was God, the Word, and it was Mm. the Spirit. Now we have the Father, we have a Son, so now we've we've got family, (laughs) and we've got a Holy Spirit, so we've got holiness involved. Yeah. 
Paul said, I give thanks mm. to the God and the Father in whom every family on heaven and earth receives their name. He's talking about a family name, a family identity. Yeah. And he's talking about us getting a heavenly name and a heavenly identity from mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the family that we've been rebirthed into. Yeah. Being born again, we're born into a family. And from that family, we now have a father, a heavenly father, and our identity comes from that. Identity is a family deal. The fact that we've been born again, like you said, we've been born into something here. Yeah. Yeah, it all goes back to that garden, mm -hmm. right? They started there in such an intimate, restful place with their with the Father. But the shift with eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil versus the tree of life, when you're eating solely from the tree of life in His presence, and your identity is in that, not in all the circumstances or your upbringing or what happened to you or how you label what the world puts on you, but just who He says you are in His presence as the Beloved as the bride of Christ, if you start to really believe that, you do become conquerors, more than conquerors. Mm. So for you and Nathan, when you started on your thankfulness journey, you started thanking him for all the things that the Word of God said about your identity. And then from that, those things started turning into things that started to take a hold in your heart, and you made the choice to believe them that was a for big what part. they were. Yeah. Just believing him. Just believing him when he says Regardless of our feelings or our experiences or what we're even seeing, and that's faith. So regardless of what is around, mm -hmm. yeah. regardless of how it feels, yeah. like you said, regardless of what it even looks like, mm -hmm. that doesn't matter because that's what he said. Yeah. We're going to believe that. We're not going to doubt that anymore. We're making a choice to believe. Yes, because that was such a big part of it, not allowing our experiences to trump his word. Okay. Yeah. And not having to have it make sense okay. right away, but just trusting him. Learning like a child with their father. The trust jump into the pool, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of like that sometimes, but it always paid off. A big part was learning that we had been listening to the wrong voice a lot of the time. And one scripture that he had really pointed out to us that revealed that to us was Adam and Eve were hiding from him in the garden. And he says, Where are you? Well, where they were hiding and they said, we're naked. And he said, who told you that? And that line, it's like one of those ones we talked about the other week that he sometimes just touches a verse. That one was really important in our understanding. There is another voice that we listen to a lot of times, mm -hmm. whether it's culture or people around us or the enemy, whatever else it is. But who told you that? What did I say? Oh, I'm just selfish. We're all selfish. Who told you that? So what would you say to somebody who says, yeah, but we all have a little bit of that in us? Who told you that? <laughs> Okay, saying that, first of all, even believing that you can't be made righteous in Christ, like he says, you've kind of laid out this runway for the plane to land. What if you remove that belief system? You don't have to understand it yet, but he says that you're not a broken sinner anymore. So you remove that mindset that, well, I still sin. Are you saying that I don't sin? Are you? First John chapter 3, whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. So that's pretty strong language. That is very cannot. strong. So can language like that change reality, or mm. has it already changed reality, and we just don't believe yeah. that it's already changed it? Is he exaggerating? 
Right. The freedom that was available to us in him, regardless of if we're seeing it right now or experiencing it personally, is he exaggerating when he says it? Is he wording it wrong, trying to confuse us, saying something that we can't really accomplish and saying, here, you can be this. So when somebody comes to you and says, so are you trying to tell me that I can't sin? See, even the fact that your mind is on that, it's in a different level. Like my mind's not even on that anymore. Mm -hmm. When you're eating from the tree of life, you don't even go there. Because mm -hmm. that's the tree of knowledge of good and evil. I'm a son, born again. He's my father. I'm in Christ. We're one. Guess it doesn't like make the question disappear. It's just not. So can on you my mind unless someone asks me? <laughs> so you can tell our listeners for certain that the gospel is such good news that it can actually transform you into what it says that you can be. Yeah, it's the good news of great 100%. joy. <laughs> 100% there? Yeah, you know, he says God cannot lie. If he speaks it over us, I'm going to believe him, even if I'm not seeing it, because is faith going by what you're seeing or experiencing? And what would you say if somebody said to you, oh yeah, but he didn't really mean it in that way? It's pretty black and white. Yeah, those kinds of questions, it's often like you have to discern the heart of the person asking it too, because... Yeah, very good, yeah. Otherwise you can end up just caught in this argument and debate that goes nowhere and almost creates more of a divide. I would just encourage people to go into the, his presence without outside distractions, without what ifs and yeah buts. Remove the yeah buts and the what ifs. And are you saying and looking at other people? He says a few times in here, like, what is it to you what so-and-so does or what so-and-so says? You follow me. You listen to what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And so it's a lot better, this life with him, than we could even ever imagine. Yeah. It is all about where we put our eyes where we focus our heart, where we focus our eyes. When it comes to identity, who are you? Who is Cretus? If I would say Cretus... Well, I'm definitely not human. <laughs> who are you? What would you say to that? Who are you in Christ? I'm part of the family. I'm his bride, the beloved. Like there's such a loving, relational, safe place that I feel like it's more of a space that you're in with him. Mm-hmm. Like asking a four-year-old, like, who are you in your family? My dad loves me. <laughs> like it's yeah. a, It simplifies it so much, and it simplifies yeah. the identity and the confidence of where we are at. His nature becomes our nature, so we become love. Love is patient and kind and unoffendable. And all these things, you could list probably like a 100-page book of the things of our identity. Mm -hmm. But it's actually about being a son not doing a son, not trying to come up why I'm a son, but just being, just resting in it, accepting it. Okay, those are mic drop moments <laughs> right there, all of them. Ooh. Ooh. Hit your Bible on the I way down. actually hit my Bible on the way down. <laughs> it's a holy mic drop. <laughs> oh. Set apart. Ooh. Ooh. That's the one I wanted. <laughs> I think you make such a good point. We've spent so much time trying to figure out who we are that we don't get that it's not about who you are, it's about being. Mm -hmm. It's about abiding. Yeah. When you abide in him, you instinctively understand who you are in his family and who you are to him. And then all the questions about identity, they don't even factor in anymore. Yeah, because it's one thing to be told, you're a son, Dean. Yeah. God loves you and you're precious. But to be loved and to be embraced as a precious son, mm -hmm. like words just, they just fall flat. You're holy. You could try to do holy or you could just be holy. I'm set apart. I'm like, wow. And just be and don't try to do. And that's the difference between the tree of life. The knowledge of good and evil was us doing, 
to affirm our being. Right. But when you're eating from the tree of life, when you're in his presence, abiding in him, you just are like be, be still and know in the being, then all the doing happens effortlessly. If you could define patience, it would be him. Accept, mm-hmm. I'm patient because he's patient. Mm-hmm. So for those of our listeners who are wondering why we didn't come on podcast today, on a podcast where we're talking about identity with a long list of who you are, who we are in Christ <laughs> mm-hmm. scriptures, it's because we can't try to be those things. Those are all good things to assimilate and try to understand and try to absorb. But when it comes down to it, identity is about having a father and abiding in him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you said, just be, when Moses asked God, who shall I say is sending me? God said, I am. <laughs> mm-hmm. I am. That was the only answer Moses got. I am. Mm-hmm. So just be. Be good with the answer who are you in Christ? I am in him. Yeah. I am his son. I am his daughter. That is the foundation, I think, of identity. It really has nothing to do with us because we didn't choose him. He chose us. Mm. A, a father and a mother, when they make a baby, the mm. baby didn't choose to be born. Mm-hmm. The baby just was born. Yeah. And we were born of him, and he chose us in that way. He chose to make us part of his family. Yeah. And, and he, let's be so thankful for that. He saw so much value in us to do that. Yeah. Trusting that, like, wow. Rest in that value. Rest in that, like, wow. He chose to take that value and make it part of his family, and mm. here we are. So even if the world isn't loving you well, you are part of the beloved, regardless of what's happening around you from other people. He loves you. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, he wouldn't have sent his son. It is a huge, huge, huge deal to believe that. That's really interesting because I've always seen this rock-solid identity in you and Nathan, and I didn't really understand the journey of how you got there. Mm. I mean, I knew part of the story. I knew... Mm. But like, except the mysterious part. (laughs) (laughs) But it's really interesting to Mm. find out tonight how you came to where you are because... I understand more the process that got you to where you are. Yeah. The grace that you carry for that is so significant. So mm. I'm taking a back seat on this podcast. <laughs> I'm, I'm wanting to pull out of you what I see and the grace that is on you. And I want that on my life as well. So what I'm wondering is if somehow, is there a prayer? Is there something you could say to our listeners that would draw them into a journey? What would you suggest to them? I think a big part is not allowing what you've done or what anyone else has done to define who you are, but just to allow what he's done to define who you are. Okay, just a second. Don't allow what's happened to you to define what you are. Allow what he's done to define what you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's another mic drop moment. Even like the past. Even though we've already done a mic drop. (laughs) Even the past and whatever your life used to look like, even yesterday, not allowing that to speak. Don't let that to speak to who we are. Okay. Mm-hmm. When you're in him, it's him. So we're letting him define what he's done for us to yeah. find. That's one. It's good. We're on a roll. <laughs> yeah. Accepting his love is a huge one. He calls us his bride. Mm-hmm. So 
you imagine a bride walking down an aisle. She's just looking at her groom, eyes locked. It's like nothing else matters. It doesn't matter if people are taking pictures or standing or sitting on the sidelines, if they're talking about how they look or how they met. It's just her and him. Incidentally, just last weekend, I performed a wedding ceremony. Look at that. And there you go. The bride was coming down. Mm-hmm. There I was dressed in my best clothes. Mm-hmm. She didn't even notice me. Yeah, you're like, hello. <laughs> I had a shower and everything. <laughs> yeah. I smell great today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, she was just looking at him the whole time. When you see him and his affections towards you, nothing else matters. It's like really, it's very overwhelming. Embrace that part of your relationship with him. So allow his affection over us. Mm-hmm to define who we are. He doesn't want you looking down as you're walking towards him at how, you know, you don't measure up. Mm-hmm. There's nothing more unappealing than a self-absorbed mm-hmm. bride yeah. who doesn't believe she's as beautiful as she is. Mm-hmm. There's something about that. Gazing at him and him gazing at you and the affection towards each other and nothing else affecting that. That's like our life with him. I've been watching a story on Instagram of a young Christian couple and their journey towards getting married. And they showed a lot of footage from when they first met and the story of how they fell in love. And Mm -hmm. one thing I noticed is when they first met, he found her beautiful and attractive. Mm -hmm. And he would try to tell her that. And she would go, oh, no, no. Like She always had a recoil to those compliments and to those genuinely affectionate moments that he was trying to Mm -hmm. speak over her. But as they grew more comfortable together, you could tell in the footage as they went on in the years that they'd been together that she began to accept the sincerity with which he was speaking. And by the time they were to the place where they were actually getting married, it was just a natural thing. Mm -hmm. And she was very accepting. Like it it took a while, though, for her to get there because at first she couldn't believe that somebody would say those things about her. Mm. I think it's super important that we get to the place where when Jesus compliments us or when he speaks about how beautiful we are to him, even like you talk about in the Song of Songs, Mm -hmm. there are verses like that, that we learn how to be comfortable with that type of language coming from heaven over us. He says the two become one. Yeah. So when you're turning down his affections towards you and what he's speaking over you, when you're in him and he's in you and you're one— you're in a way turning him down, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Like accepting all he is in you. There's no self, there's no pride. It's like a false humility when we lower ourselves. Like, oh, I'm way down here and, you know, but him in us and us in him, you're so close like that we can't even fathom it most of the time. As he is, so are you in this world. If I'm insulting myself or lowering myself and as he is, so am I. I don't know. It just doesn't doesn't go. It doesn't make sense anymore. There was one part of that story where they did a little discussion on if there was anything about me that you could change, what would it be? And I remember his comment to her was, when I tell you I love you and when I tell you how beautiful you are, that you would just accept it. Mm, wow. And not turn it down mm. and not say, oh no, you know. Yeah. And wow. from that point on, she actually made an attempt to start believing wow. what he was saying over yeah. her. And it's the same thing so with Jesus. So let us do that, yeah. yeah. Let's believe him and Let's just accept him. it. Thank yeah. you. Yes. Thank you that you love me like that. Just start thanking him for it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And when we start thanking him, then we'll start to believe it. And then we'll mm-hmm. start to feel it. You've and we'll start to know it. have often had like a lifetime of lies spoken 
yes. against it, right? And so those are the lies that mm-hmm. you were talking about. Yeah, that have deceived us into thinking it's truth or who we are or what we are or that it even matters. It's not like anything to be ashamed about if it's a process in believing him. Mm-hmm. But just it's it's a good place to start. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great place to start. Would there be anything else that you would suggest? All right, Dean, I have this little gold book. Yes. It's actually just tape. It's not real gold. <laughs> it looks impressive, though. It's shiny gold book. It's got all the gold nuggets Oh, it's some a gold nugget book. Some of the special things God's been speaking over us over the years. We just okay. put in this little gold fin so it slides into a Bible easily. It's um, a gold identity book. It's like spoken from him. Mm-hmm. So my beloved, I am your father. Do you trust me? Will you take me at my word? Your new life through my son's sacrifice was never meant to be complicated. It's all about trusting my word above your experiences until your experiences come into alignment with my word. Do you trust me? That goes on and on. But that's a, such a important part, and we've talked about this, is just trusting his word over who we are in Christ and how he sees us in Christ, why we're able to stand before him unveiled. Any thoughts that you have about yourself which don't line up with the thoughts of God are under the influence of a lie. Entertaining such thoughts is what gives the enemy a foothold. Our ability to fail does not make us failures. Just as our ability to sin does not make us sinners, do not empower sin by labeling yourself as such. Your identity is not found in anything that you are capable of doing. It's found in what God has already chosen to do for you. When your mind is renewed and you begin to see yourself as God sees you, your value begins to rise. As we embrace this value that God has placed on us, we begin to effortlessly live up to that value. That was the whole just being. And then we'll end up living what we are. I strongly believe in living up. Mm, yeah. You can do two things. You can tell somebody, you're bad, you're rotten, you need to do better, and this is how you can do better. I'm going to give you a chance to do it again and to do it better this time. Or you can tell a person, this is who you are. I believe in you as this person. Mm-hmm. Now rise up to that. Yeah. So Jesus. <laughs> yeah. That's how he saw, right? Yeah. That's how, when, like we talked about before, all these horrible things happening to him, he always saw their potential, yeah. who they could be with him inside of them. Yeah. Listen to this one thing. If our focus is always on the Lord and our true identity, we will never be discouraged by our circumstances. Instead, we'll be continually encouraged through his life inside of us. When where we are is not dictated by the life around us, but by his life in us, we can rejoice in the Lord always. We must not allow life to speak louder than truth. Mm. It's all gold nuggets in here. I feel like we're going to have to have a podcast for... where we just read your gold book, the gold <laughs> nuggets of Caritas. Oh, yeah. And there, there's even a page of some like good questions. If Christ is in me and I'm in Christ, why would I ever view myself by my abilities apart from him? Mm. Mm, pondering. Yeah. Can I be lacking anything if I've been made complete in Christ? Caritas, this is great because it's different. Like I said before, we could have come on here today, oh, we're going to do a podcast on identity, and we could have pulled out all the scriptures of who we are. He has made us this, and he's made us that. And yeah. But I think identity, it's one of those things that we already are, but it's a revelation that needs to take hold of our heart. Yeah, and it's not meant to be complicated. No, it's meant to be simple. We've yeah. way over Simplicity it. that's in Christ. Like We need to stay there, Like not lose that simplicity. And let all these other things and 
equations and numbers and calculations and words cluster that childlike identity in Christ. Yeah, so good. I'm thanking you so much for sharing that today. It's actually given me some new ground that I feel like even in my own life I can take when it comes to identity. Mm. We're sons and daughters. All right, so thanks for joining us today. We just release upon our listeners a new revelation of who you are in him. Yeah. A new revelation of his love and his acceptance and his understanding mm. heart over you. Woot woot. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Have an awesome week, everyone. Mm.